You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon, everybody from New York. You're listening to Mark the Shark, and the show is Bite of Reality. Today being October 8th, 2021, didn't think we'd survive this long under Biden, but we're still here. Looks okay. Kinda. Sorta. With the debt ceiling caving in, America's being crushed under debt. Everybody looking upward, getting hit by things falling, like our checkbooks. Nothing's falling in prices, though. Everything seems to be going higher and higher, which is kind of interesting. You know, I thought I'd start off the show today with a little bit of kind of a, uh interesting reality for people. You know, I'm just going to ask everybody to take a second and say, does anyone remember the Pledge of Allegiance? Remember that? Remember what it was? Remember what it meant to you? We all grew up in the United States, and those who didn't wanted to become United States citizens, and hopefully you did the right way, hopefully the legally way. And we all learned it. But a lot of us didn't learn as we grew up what it meant to us. So as we became parents later on in life, what happened? Did we teach our kids about the Pledge of Allegiance? Did we teach our kids about what America is? No, what we did is we basically said, you know what, the public schools that we were in were great public schools. And we're just going to let the schools do their job. And then the schools did their job. Then a lot of the schools began doing something else. They began doing the parents' job. So what happened? So let me just give this to you right now so you remember it. And some of you... You can look around and say, oh, you know what? That brings back great memories. And it went something like this. In fact, it went exactly like this. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Now, I'll take a pause. Did you remember those words? Did you remember the times when you were growing up? that you enjoyed being with your classmates and you wanted to get to school every day and you wanted to be with your teachers. I'm wondering what happened to those days. When did this become such a cantankerous situation? When did teaching children become something of an irate a bunch of parents yelling and screaming at those of us who were part of the community who were supposed to be leading our children into the future? What happened to that civility that this new administration would bring? Well, let me give you a little bit of, I was going to give you also, oh, beautiful, the words to that, but I figure for time constraints, we're going to run through it. Those who don't know what words, amber waves of green and the purple mountains, go look it up. Uh, It's something that you could do. You can sing the song, and it'll bring back that memory. And what do I want to do? Why do you want to bring back that memory? Because America's losing its identity. America's identity is built in itself. It's built by people who saw the reality of tyranny and walked away from it. They saw a kingdom, and they said, this doesn't work for us. There was an underlying concept of freedom of the right to choose. Now in America, for some reason, 
our educational system, and I fault every one of us, every one of us, me included, because you know what? Honestly, and I have two amazing daughters. They both went through the public school system. I couldn't afford to send them to private school. I heard one of the geniuses in the administration say, well, they could either take the public school or tuition. Well, no, not everybody has that choice. You bunch of idiots in Washington, wake up. Get out of the bubble. Maybe it's time for America to pop that bubble. So we went to school, and we had all these things that they taught us. But honestly, I never knew what they were teaching my children. I knew they had homework, and when they came home and I worked on some math problems, English, not so much. I did some social studies, but they already knew more than I did. And then they did some physics, which was kind of cool to do some of the experiments. But when did we start teaching our kids, our kids, not the state's kids, not the federal government's kids, our kids, when did we start teaching them to hate each other? When did that become a concept that is permissible in our society? You know, we kind of missed that whole thing about the 50s, I guess. Judge somebody by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Yes, we kind of forgot about that. For some reason, that's gone. So, what I want to say is, what's going on here? Well, I think what it is, it's very simple. It's called taking control of America. What do I mean by that? The recent definition of extremism by the government is a very, very troubling thing that's been going on. The government at this point in time is justifying its tyrannical conduct by claiming it that it is good for all of the people, that it's good for the society. So the way this government machine is kind of currently continually redefining concepts, its terms, its words, to fit the current administration's goals of freedom, restricting and even sapping the drive of this country. And of course, don't forget, silencing the opinions like water on a fire. This is Vladimir Putin's handbook, page one. So what's really going on here? I turn the page, it's Vladimir Putin's handbook. In fact, I think Kim Jong-un, also from North Korea, I think he's read the book also. But slowly apply pressure on freedom until it collapses. By the time the population actually realizes they're under control, it will, of course, be too late. But ask yourself, when the population begins to question the methods by which you are destroying freedom and issuing the edicts to control their lives, you will have already achieved your goal of complete domination and control over them. Now, it goes on to say, if you haven't done so already, severely restrict and then remove the weapons of the population by which they can oppose your authority and impede or defeat control of themselves. It says, next, take complete control of the law enforcement agencies and direct them to take immediate and harsh actions against the population that will still resist and not be compliant. Once you have crushed several of the most outspoken in the general population, the sheeple will, of course, quietly comply or face severe consequences. With these few active steps, you can control the population easier than you might think. Take control and they won't even notice. The ones that struggle at the beginning will be crushed by your enforcement agencies. The more intrusive your tactics, the more fear you can transmit to them. The faster you will change the control structure and achieve complete domination and control of the society. 
Once you snuff out the flames of freedom, you will have achieved complete control and the will of the people to oppose you will be diminished quickly. The population will quickly give you control of their lives as they will think it is for the greater good of society. What the general population will not realize is that this is just the manner in which we, the elite, shall control the rest of the population. Because we, elites, will always know better than America. Are you confused yet? You see the strategy? The elites we elected think they are better than all of us and will always know better than what we do. What to do and when to do it, they know better. But this is control of life. This is not for them. This is for us. So that actually isn't from anybody's playbook. That's from my own viewing and my own examination of what's going on in this country right now. But all of you at the beginning thought that Vladimir Putin wrote that, didn't you? You thought that it was out of some kind of communist or socialist playbook, some kind of dictator's handbook that they might have. But it's not. It's straight out of the Biden's administration's conduct, their actions, their rhetoric. It's exactly what they're doing right now. They're taking control of America. So what are we going to do about it? Well, what went wrong? We elected officials, did we not? They told us what they were going to do. They gave us their platform. We said, hey, okay, sounds like a good plan. Let's do it. And then we went forward. Yeah, we went forward. And we, well, you don't pull the levers anymore. You used to. Now you fill in the little circles with your pencil. And then you shove it through a machine. Does the machine read what you wrote? No, we really don't know now, do we? Does it count your vote? We really don't know. But it may, it may not. But somehow or another, these people who we allegedly elected got into Washington. And they gave us that platform that they're taking to Washington. And somehow along the road, it's sort of like luggage that you tie up. You know, we used to take those family trips in the old days and used to tie your luggage because you had too much stuff that you were taking with you. And you tied it to the top of your car. Well, somewhere along the line, as they traveled to Washington, all of the things they told us that they were going to do for us, just like the luggage that fell off the top of the car, fell off onto the road somewhere, and they left it behind in their districts. And the only time you ever see that luggage again, with all of the concepts and all the great things that they told us they would do, is the next time an election comes up. So let's get real. What did we do here? We sent the most dangerous people in our society to the most dangerous place in the world. No, I'm not talking about Afghanistan. I'm talking about Washington. Washington, D.C., the one they want to make a state, by the way. You know why they didn't make it a state? Well, let me give you an education here. They didn't make it a state because they didn't want any one of the one states of the United States to have more influence over it. They didn't want a power center to be part of a state. They wanted it to just be a power center. So now we have all of this stuff that went to Washington, all of this dangerous bunch of people. And when you send dangerous people to Washington, you get dangerous policies. They want to 
control you by fear. They don't want to do for you what they said that they were going to do. You know, last week, I was going to try to bring up a, uh, kind of a, a news column from the 80s. It was a news column by a gentleman by the name of Charlie Reese. And he had written that column back about, it was 545 people control. It was, uh, I believe it was in the Orlando Sentinel back in 1984 before he retired. And he basically wrote a huge column about 545 people being responsible for the mess that we are in. And they unite us. And what do they do? They unite us in common fear. Common fear of what? Common fear of everything. You know, if me and the awesome Dave got together and we were in control of everything, if we knew that we created the problem, me and Dave could fix it. We would work together and say, you know what? We created this. Let's fix it. Let's put it together. Let's get it straightened out. And at that point, I'd say, okay, let's work on it. Because since we created the problem, we can fix the problem. Because we're in charge. That's the concept. Who's in charge. So, I ask you, and I'll ask you after the break, who's in charge? Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to Bite of Reality with Mark the Shark. So, right before the break, we were talking about who's in charge. Not Charles in charge, it's who's in charge. So, we looked at some things and we kind of did a recapitulation of what was going on so far in this administration. And there's clearly a pattern. And I know if you watch a lot of the news media outlets, you're not hearing anything about the pattern of what's going on with Joe Biden. You know, in the history of mankind, other than North Korea, there has been no official more controlled, more subdued, more, I want to say, <laughs> acquiesced to the people around him than Joseph Biden. He's supposed to be the president of the United States. When I hear things about, uh, at a news conference, they told me not to take questions. I, I 
you know, things like that, at first you say, well, okay, was it a big deal? But then there's this whole concept of he's having these meetings with the heads and CEOs of all these companies to discuss the status of the red state of America going forward. And they set him up in the little Oval Office. Now, what's the little Oval Office? Now, I've been to the White House. I was there with the Fraternal Order Police. It's a beautiful place. And it's an amazing place. The seat of our government, the executive branch. It's got a lot of rooms. In fact, one of the most amazing rooms is the Oval Office. With the Resolute Desk, which has been there since the beginning. And yet... The Biden administration chose to set up this little kind of fake office of the president in this little Capitol building. And you got to, at first I said, this doesn't, you know, okay, maybe it's because they don't have the technology in the White House. And I'm thinking to myself, that can't possibly be it. Why, why would they do something like that? That makes no sense. Then I heard somebody leaked something out of the White House. And they said it was because that if he was to have a teleprompter in front of him, those giant plastic screens that they put up and they kind of zoom in the camera a little bit more so you can't see them, they put them on either side of him so it actually looks like he's looking at the crowd. When he's actually reading off those plastic pieces that somebody's printing materials on, called the teleprompter. So what they said is he can have a direct input and you don't see those little things sitting in front of him. And the direct input is where he can read it fresh, fresh off the screen without anybody seeing that he's actually reading it. It's the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. It, it really it gives me pause about the concept of, you know, president in charge, competency, governing ability. Why would you control him so much so? It seems that every time he speaks, he gets confused. And at the beginning, to me, okay, everybody gets confused a little bit. You know, I remember during the election cycle where he said, turn on the radio, the TV, let the voices hear. Nobody knew what the heck the guy was talking about. It seemed like he had gone off the trail. But now this guy's the president. He's got to be in control of things. The fact that he doesn't take questions from other than a list that Someone obviously gives him, and I'm guaranteeing, I'll bet my bottom dollar on it, he's had these questions before he steps up because he wants to be familiar with them. It's not an off-the-cuff question. You know, we look at these things and we say to ourselves, okay, so who is really, you know, in charge of this country now? I can tell you from my observation, he's not in charge of anything. I believe they do give him whatever drugs he's on, whatever they're pumping him up with, and he can get a good 15 minutes out of it, 20 minutes, and he starts to go downhill. But you wonder, why is this going on like this? Why don't they just admit, you know, listen, he's not competent, he's having issues. I mean, I believe, David, I'm not correct, he's, he's 78 years old, Biden? I think he's the oldest president we've had. Correct. So, yeah, and... I look at the competency issue, and, and originally that didn't concern me too much because, you know what, we're all a little incompetent. Seriously, we have those senior moments as we get older. But to have your senior moment be your entire day 
that, that's something a little bit more serious. So you have these dangerous people in Washington controlling Washington. Then you have a president who, by all means, I'm not saying he's been defined as incompetent because I'm not a doctor and I don't play one on TV. But his actions, a lot of times, don't make sense for somebody who has competency. You know, I know everybody's going to shudder at this point in time, and I hope none of the uh, millennials start crying, but I'm going to mention the word Trump. Okay, everybody okay? Just an intense warning here. That, you know, Facebook probably would flag this one. I mentioned the word Trump twice today. But this guy could get up there. And lo and behold, listen, I'm not saying you got to go out with the guy and love the guy. But this guy could talk. He would respond. He was competent. And you know what? Guess what? He didn't shoot everybody he saw. He didn't blow up every country we saw. And he certainly, I, I heard him last night and on a uh, telephone interview. And his plan was pretty clear. I know everybody's been saying they left us with no plan. He said that's garbage. He, in essence, said that is completely false. And you know what? At this point in time, I believe him. You know, you had a guy who went in there, and he's the kind of guy who would poke you in the chest with his finger and say, go ahead, take a poke at one of our Americans, and I'll blast your entire country into the New Netherlands. You will be nothing but a dust ball. And guess what? Mr. and Mrs. Taliban, well, actually, no Mrs., but Mr. Mr. Taliban, they said, you know what? This guy's not kidding. And for 18 months, somehow or another, we were able to hold that entire country with 2,500 people, and nobody got killed. Nobody took a poke at us. There's that old famous saying, speak softly and carry a big stick. Or the new Trump saying, speak loudly and carry a really big stick. But he had, they never admitted it, and they never wanted to say it, and it's not important whether they do admit it or not. What's important is they respected the man. They understood that when Donald Trump said, I'm going to obliterate you, that it was true. It wasn't going to be something like Obama, red line in the sand in Syria. Give me a break. Red line in the sand. And from that day on, nobody else believed Obama. Okay, you set yourself up for failure. When Trump said... Good morning, Syria, with 59 Tomahawk missiles. Everybody in the world said, holy moly, this guy's serious. And you know what? Nobody ever took a poke at us again. Go back and look at his presidency. Was Russia flying flights anywhere? I'm sorry, was China also flying flights over Taiwan, taking over Hong Kong, um, sending emails to Taiwan that they should buy a mail-order Chinese flag now and save time? No. No, they weren't doing that. Why? Because although they didn't need to admit it, and I don't care whether they did it, they didn't, but they respected the man. They respected him for what he said. America had that respect and the fear. You know, we always try to Americanize things. We, we did this for 20 years in Afghanistan, and I know no one's talking about Afghanistan. It's history. It's this, it's that. You know what? We got thousands of people still there trying to get out. And the Biden administration, it's the same plan they have at the southern border. I don't know. What plan? We needed a plan? Wait, they didn't leave us a plan. We don't have a plan. Oh, no. So, in Afghanistan, there's really 
a concept that we didn't understand. You cannot negotiate with idealistic people. You can't. You just cannot. You will not convince them that they are wrong. You will not convince them that they are right. You will not convince them that you are right, and you will not convince them that you are wrong. They don't care. But what they do care is they care to breathe, and they care that their family's still alive. And they care that their entire country wouldn't be obliterated. So what does that do? Respect by fear. You know what? Sometimes you've got to poke somebody in the chest to get a little bit back, to get a little of that respect. Because what we're seeing right now is pitiful. It's pitiful. We don't have that respect anymore. You know, America is back. Well, other than stabbing France in the back, I don't see back where we came. Unless Biden was talking about back in the Stone Age, the dinosaurs, which is entirely possible under his current state of mind. But we get back to the issue of who is in charge. We don't know, do we? You know, I, I heard John Kerry, I saw an interview with him on uh, French media. Allez-vous français? Oui? No, I do not speak French. But they had a translator, thank goodness. I didn't read the teleprompter. But John Kerry said something that, again, all these little things adding up together tells me, how's Joe Biden doing? When they, basically the first time in history, and the French and the Americans go back to the revolution. They were the ones that came and bailed our butts out when it got to the end, when we were pushing the British back into the ocean. France withdrew its ambassador to the United States. And for those of you who were living in the same basement Joe Biden was, he did that because there was a multi-billion dollar contract for submarines that France apparently made with Australia. And then at some point, Biden's administration, without ever recognizing anything in the real world, because to them, they create their own reality, they went and made a deal with France to give them some nuclear subs that are diesel attack subs. <clears throat> so that was a huge blow for France. It was something like $64 billion, or that's a $64,000 question. So now... Kerry says on this interview, straight into the camera, Joe Biden had no clue what was going on with France. That, to me, is a real serious problem. I'm listening to this and I'm saying to myself, what is going on here? How did this, whoa, wait a second, what did he just say? Was it a John Kerry attempt to become relevant again? Or was he actually speaking from off the top of his head and let something slip. I'm going to go with door number two. Because to me, it doesn't look like if you were doing that deal and you had any clue that France already had a deal with Australia, that you wouldn't get in there and at least let Macron know that you were coming and taking his money. At least that would have been the smart deal. I'm not saying that he's not smart, but the facts speak for themselves. You know, Break. those little things that we have, that's the problem. I think that we need to go to a break now, I believe. Yes, sir. Okay. Right after the break coming back, I'll read you some Dr. Seuss. 
My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to Bite of Reality with Marcus Sharp. And a happy Friday to everybody. I thought, you know, coming up on the weekend here, I know before the break we were talking about serious Joe Biden competency issues with John Kerry. But I figure I'm going to take a little bit of a break out of our time here today. And I read some Dr. Seuss because apparently Dr. Seuss is no longer um, popular in America because it's not politically correct. And I'm hoping that based on what I write here, then like talk about maybe we could bring a little bit of that back. Because I'll tell you, I, I remember growing up, and I remember Dr. Seuss, and I remember my kids growing up, and I remember reading those books to them every single day. And you know what? It wasn't just reading the books to them; it was spending the time with your kids. It wasn't FaceTime. It wasn't telephone calls. It was face-to-face time with your kids. We need to get back to that. Remember the family? That core belief in American family? Yeah, we kind of lost that. So I kind of titled this something, and I'm not sure if this is the title, but you can send me some emails if you like, and let me know what you would title this. I titled it, What Went Wrong in This Country? And here's my story from Martha Shark Seuss. One day he was elected. In time, Democrats would correct it. Count one, then two. Doesn't matter for who. The election must be corrected. So they set in their sight on that election fight night and sent ballots to just battleground states. Was the election a fraud? The Democrats would applaud. But the numbers just never added up, y'all. The courts, they said no. They were rooting for Joe. And America started its plight. When the people who lead send others to bleed, and no one is ever accountable. We Americans, we suffer, though once we were tougher. We no longer can effectively lead. So who is in charge? 
the advertising was large, and it seems Joe is barely alive. Or how does it seem that the American dream now seems gone and is on fire? Or burn it down, they shouted around town, but no one was ever arrested. When laws have no meaning and our leaders aren't leading, the country is just flailing around as projected. You wake up each day and wonder how it got this way as we whistle straight into the graveyard. From cradle to grave, Biden's America, they must save, said the man on the boob this evening. You would not believe what I could achieve if you'll just pull the lever and elect me. He's the best in sliced bread, the news media said, but who knew we'd all soon be going red. Although Joe Biden's brain dead, it's Trump's mean tweets, they said, would all make Americans sick, sick, sick in the head. America's soul I'll be uniting together with the Trump weight off America we're as light as a feather. But then from the basement he appeared. The Democrats, they all cheered. Then reality began to frighten. Like the greatest sale of all times, they built him a shrine, but the reality soon changed to bite you. Who's running the show? Certainly not Joe. And we sat there in wonderment wondering. Who's actually pulling the strings and telling him things to say from the teleprompter? Thank goodness he could read from the teleprompter feed, or when no sound from his mouth would be heard in the South. We no longer wonder if success will go to his head. Any more failures in America from Biden, and we'll soon all be dead. Biden said no more war. I don't want to be fighting. Twenty years in Afghanistan, he told his generals, get me out, get me out. This is now Biden. Get out, get out. I don't care how, said St. Joe Biden. With the result of the 13 dead heroes, I wish Joe was still hiding. Two trillion in Afghanistan we spent, and now America can't pay its rent. We left in a flash, and the Taliban, we left a stash of advanced American weapons. Don't worry, he said, as he rested his head in bed. I got this. I got this. Come on, man. But the truth we all knew, not from them, not to you, but they lied through their teeth. Now we laid 13 wreaths. So Congress, they said, come tell us what happened, for we need to find out, so let's get cracking. So no one's responsible, and no one's accountable. We just continue around in circles, and blame that on Trump. The odds were insurmountable. So I searched and I searched for some success in this mess, I searched everywhere, everywhere I say, and now I must confess. With inflation that's rising and things looking bleak, Joe Biden went to Massachusetts, or he's gone for the week. I'll tell you it's true, but you'll thank me no more for what I wouldn't do right now for a mean tweet and to show Biden the door. It's time to reflect what Americans did as we go left, left, left further into the skid. AOC, Tlaib, Omar, they say, shut up America, we'll impose on you our way. The left-wing nuts are called as socialist and communist policies. They must, they must, they want to impose, the rest of us will be appalled. So I'm going to teach us a socialist and the communist way 
for change they want to make an American new while the rest of us suffer. And trust me, that'll be you too. Now the FBI and the DOG at school board meetings, they're coming your way. So don't close your eyes, we cannot sleep. For if we do, forever we will weep. Don't let them take you. <laughs> don't let them take what we fought so hard to get. Don't let them tell you five trillion equals zero, net, net, net. So wake up, America. It's time to react. If you stay compliant, we, America, will no longer be self-reliant. Now I hope you can all sleep well. So I thought I wrote that. I started writing that last night because I think sometimes when you say things and they rhyme, sometimes it makes more sense than if you just tell them out, out and out. So what did I learn from that? You know, I learned that America has a lot of potential. And if you let Americans do what they do best, which is innovate, create, and organize, we're great at doing that. But what happened here is we have a sense of tribalism now. Now, what's tribalism? Now, Merriam-Webster defines tribalism as a consciousness, a loyalty, especially exaltation to the tribe above other groups, strong in-group loyalty. There's probably a difference between political tribalism and real tribalism. And what I mean by that is we have a problem in this country where, and I was getting to it before, and we got into it a little bit, we send these people to Washington who represent us. And something happens along the way when they get there. I don't know if they've really sucked up into this giant gaping hole of stupidity, or is it, it's a learned trait as you go through the system. But I think it's time for America to look around us and figure out, what are we doing every day? You know, I, I was speaking to someone the other day, and they said to me, you know, I was upset about the... You know, what John Kerry had said about Joe Biden not having a clue with France. And he said, what does that mean to you? And I said, well, we have no respect anymore. They don't trust us. He said, and let me ask you this. How does this affect your life in any manner? He said, give me one way that this is going to affect your life. And I said, well, America, he said, no, give me a way. How does this affect your life? And you know what the reality is? Something like the French deal doesn't affect my life never going to affect my life. You know, generally speaking, is it going to weaken America? Absolutely. But on a day-to-day -day basis, I mean, I've been on this earth planet for a while, longer than I'd like to admit. But I still have the mind of a 15, 16-year-old, so it's okay. Life is still fun. But what I want to try to get to here is, and, and it kind of made me think, and I, and I, thank, I thank him for doing that, my brother, is telling me, it's not going to bother you. It doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't change your life in any manner. So why are you upset about it? But in the long run, our government needs to work. You know, one of the things is that there's a different concept of how I view the Constitution versus how the people in charge are viewing the Constitution. You know, for those of you familiar with an engine, the Constitution is a governor. It is something of a limitation. 
It doesn't give powers. It restricts what government can do. And this has been pointed out several times, but I don't know if everyone really understands what that means. The concept of a limitation is anything that's not in your power, you can't do. But that seems to be something that we have gotten away from. And it seems to be, well, if it's not in there, we can do it. That's not the concept here. You know, remember limited government, small government, we believe in self-rule, people can make their own decisions. And then you come back to these situations that are going on in this country right now. You know, Merrick Garland, you know, quite a respected guy, almost made the uh, Supreme Court team, you know, didn't make it though. And so they put him in charge of the Department of Justice. And that, that's kind of a, that's like military intelligence. That's kind of a funny word. You know, it's that oxymoron type of thing. And we, we look at these kind of things and we say, all right, you know, the FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigation, Department of Justice, they're federal agencies. They look into federal crimes. They look into crimes across nations. They investigate serious murders. They usually, if they're called in on something serious, they'll come in and help because they're the elite of the elite. Our law enforcement are made up of elite people, people who give their lives before anyone ever thinks about themselves. You know, and just as an aside, the next time you see a cop and he's buying lunch or he's buying a cup of coffee, why don't you pay for it? Because you know what? There's not a planet here, or I should say there's not a person on this planet who goes to work every day other than cops and military who people are shooting at and may not come home that day. You know, they do everything for their communities, selfless, and they are so underappreciated and under attack in this country. Now, that's a separate subject, which we'll maybe get into today if we have time. But I now hear about the fact that they want to send that there was actually a letter from Merrick Garland from the National School Board Association. Never heard of them before. Probably should never hear of them. But they apparently wanted something done about parents at the school board meetings. They want to stop parents from voicing their opinions. Now, they, they couched it in terms of school board threats. Well... You know, I, I might be more inclined to believe this concept of, you know, terrorism, domestic terrorists. If we would have kind of had that concept when people were actually domestic terrorists and burning down the cities and looting and rioting, and they called them domestic terrorists, I, I could have went along with maybe parents who get a little out of control being domestic terrorists, but I'm, I'm not really seeing it here. So... After the break, we're going to talk a little bit about what domestic terrorism is and how to define it when it comes to your school parent. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. 
Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry, I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to Bite of Reality this lovely Friday with Mark the Shark. And right before the break, we were talking about domestic terrorists. And I don't know, if, we're not talking about Timothy McVeigh, the idiot bomber. We're not going to be discussing that. No, under this administration, Department of Justice, we're talking about, yeah, you guessed it, those highly volatile school parents. The school parents who threaten people. You know, how do you define a threat? October 4th, the Justice Department put out a letter. And I'll I'll quote from the letter. I won't paraphrase because I don't believe in paraphrasing. But Merrick Garland put this letter out. And it says, Threats against public servants are not only illegal, they run counter to our nation's core values. Those who dedicate their time and energy to ensuring that our children receive a proper education and a safe environment deserve to be able to do their work without fear for their safety. So, America's Web Radio. I look at this and I say, wait a second, just hold on a second, think about that. The DOJ, which is our major federal agency, if you don't know, wants to send in the FBI, the elite law enforcement agency of this country, the school board meetings. So, A, there's two things. Well, one of the things that I thought about is, you know, maybe they're bringing hand grenades, M16s, AR-15s, handguns, and shooting up the place. Well, that would be domestic terrorism. I agree with that. Or the other case might be in some of these cities that they've defunded the police so much that there are no cops anymore. And there's no one there when there's a dispute to step in. So, and apparently, they don't believe their counselor situation, their counselor corps is working so well that they don't need law enforcement to come in. Now, mind you, the FBI, they're armed. And they're elite. And they are deadly and dangerous. That's what they're there for. That's their jobs. That's what they do for a living. So, you know, just switch your gears for a second. If you defunded the police, now you want more cops to come in? I'm missing something. Help me out, Dave. Am I missing this big point here? You defunded the police, and now you want the FBI to come in and help you out. <laughs> Reality, okay. I think, is what you're missing there. Yeah. Reality takes that, that fight out of crime, huh? Yeah. So I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm saying, you know, what was that? There used to be the dog commercial, Reality, Bite Out of Crime. You know, you defunded the police so much, and you defunded everything else. And your counselor corps, obviously, your intervention people, how's that working out for you? Obviously, it's not working. Because you call the FBI and the DOJ. 
So, as silly as it seemed, when they said defund the police, now some of these moronic idiots on the Democrat side are saying, oh, oh, it wasn't us, it was the Republicans. But once again, I digress. A videotape is a wonderful thing. It's kind of tough to argue with your same words when you're yelling, defund the police, defund the police. And then you're turning around and saying, wasn't us, wasn't me. You know, I, I, I just find this to be, this is really, really going back to my first point, taking control of America. This is nothing but intimidation. Let's call it what it is. Let's really give you the real, you want the reality of this? This is intimidation. This is your government saying, get on the path, shut up, or we'll take you out. Now, people say, oh, don't be a baby. That's not going to happen. That's not going to have the result. That's exactly the result they intend to have. Exactly. They want you to shut up. They want you to be out of the picture so that they can continue to own your kids. Now, we didn't talk about this week. We did talk about, I think, last week or the week before, about critical race therapy. If you're not sure what that is, get yourself educated, people. Seriously. If you don't know what critical race theory or what they're calling CRT is, it's basically saying judge someone by the color of their skin, not the content of their character. And you can slice it and dice it any way you want, but CRT is dangerous. It's deadly. It basically teaches people that one is an oppressor, the other is an oppressed. When you tell someone you're a victim, you can't achieve because you're a victim, that's garbage. Give them the opportunity. You know, getting back, I'll finish up with the school board, then I'm going to jump over. You know, they have the FBI's National Threat Operations Center. We're not talking about the Boston bombers. We are talking about school parents. Yeah, they're going to yell because these morons on the school board are not listening. But you know what? I'm going to blame the parents. And I'll tell you why. And I would blame myself if my situation was the same. Because I kept my head in my house. I didn't go to the school board meeting. I didn't know what they were doing. I didn't know what they were telling my kids, what they were teaching my kids. That's my fault. That's America's fault. If you put an idiot in charge, you're going to get idiot decisions. If you put a moron in charge, you're going to get moronic decisions. So when you turn around and you say, now we're really pissed off, you know what? Some of that anger should be directed at yourselves. But I'll tell you, the one blessing, and, I, and I'm not a, a very religious guy, but I will tell you, I'll use that word, blessing. The one blessing about this pandemic is it has opened up parents' eyes. Parents actually were able to see what was going on in the teacher's classroom. And by the way, I'm a big proponent of cameras in the classroom to see what's going on. You know, now that I know what goes on, it's incredible. You know, and I, and I look at these things and I say, how did this happen? Because we let it happen. We let it happen. You know, you want things to change, get off your couch. And I'm a big guy. I yell at the, I yell at the TV all the time. That's not the way to handle it. Yelling at the TV doesn't do anything. It makes you feel good for the moment. But you know what? Go to your school board meetings. Be respectful. Do it the proper way. Don't throw chairs. Don't throw fists. You can scream and yell. It's a passion. It's an impassioned thing. Absolutely. I agree with that. You know, and while we're on the subject of impassionment, I just have to mention the fact that Kristen Cinema, congratulations to her and Joe Manchin for standing up and being the tough guy in the room. 
And you know what? Shame on you, Republicans. I'm going to take my Republican card and tear it up. I'm done. Spineless bunch of spineless, mealy-mouthed worm. Bunch of Republicans. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, turn on a TV, turn on radio. In fact, turn on radio. It's better because I'm on it. But the budget, the budget, the budget, they just killed America. Yes, they did. And how did they kill America? Well, they just raised, remember I talked about that budget ceiling, the debt ceiling? Yeah, well, guess what? They just pounded on another $480 billion. Yeah, and you might think that that'll carry you on for next year. Eh, wrong answer. That's not going to carry you past December 3rd. So another $480 billion, which we add to our government debt, what is it, $29 trillion now? That's with a T. That's an absurd, insane amount. It, it's absolutely, just think about the interest on that, that we're paying every day. You know, what happens when your national debt is larger than your national income? <laughs> we're getting there. We're almost there. We're beyond that now. So to get to the point, because we're coming close to the end here, intellectually stimulating, 11 Democrats, or 11 Republicans in Democrat clothing. Mitch McConnell, it's time to go. You know, yeah, you're a nice guy, but you obviously are not up to the task of leading what used to be the Republican Party. You had Cornyn, Barrasso, John Thune, Roy Blunt, Collins, Murkowski, no surprise there, Shelby, Portman, no surprise there, Capito, and Round. They all voted. What did they do? They voted with Chucky. Chucky Schumer from New York. Oh, he is something. He, what do you say? I don't have to be polite. I'm from New York. You know, I would give you the big A, but I can't say it because it's radio. That kind of language is absolutely absurd. It is something that to be ashamed of, not proud of. You know, and he's the leader of your Senate. Good luck, America. So, what happened? The Democrats could have raised the debt ceiling by themselves. But guess what? They didn't want to take the blame. So they found a bunch of 11 Republicans to go along with the stream. And the stream is going down the toilet. Ah, that's a French word. That's the French, I'll tell you. It's going down. We're spinning. Do you hear that flushing noise? We're spinning around. How much did he do in damage, Mitch McConnell and his 10 other brethren from the rhinos, I think they call them, Republicans in name only? So they gave Chuck Schumer, <laughs> Elizabeth Warren of all people said, McConnell caved. Yeah, listen, she called it like she saw it. I guess it's not like a DNA test where you saw it the way you want to call it. So we look at these things and we say to ourselves, you sent these people there to do the bidding of who we elected. We told them what we wanted and we sent them there. And they came back and they said, ah, Matt, forget it. We don't really want to do that. We need another $480 billion. Let's go get it. You know, they did not force the Democrats to do what the Democrats didn't want to do. And I know sometimes politics is miserably ugly. You don't want to see laws and politics and sausages being made because they're disgusting when you see them being made. And it is. But in the end, somehow it works. You know, opposing parties are supposed to be opposites. That's where you come to the middle. But if we continue as a country, and the spineless Republicans continue to allow the Democrats to run the roost, 
They're going to change this country in a way that we may not be able to change back. You know, I was angry at the Republicans before when they had the House, the Senate, and the presidency. For eight years under Barack Obama, they struggled to defeat Obamacare. And they had all these recall votes. And when it came down to it, when Donald Trump came on board, guess what? It was like playing a card game. What do you got? Uh, we got nothing. After eight years of jerking around with Obama, trying to get rid of Obamacare, can you believe that the Republicans had no plan? Nothing for health care. The Republicans had all three houses, and they could have done what they needed to do. They had executive. They had the Congress and the Senate. All they needed to do was come up with the right plan. But you know what they did? They did zip, zap, nada. They started shooting each other again, crossfire, nothing gets done. Welcome to Washington. But you know what? Pay attention, Republicans. This might be your last chance. You don't smarten up. The Democrats are taking this country left over the border. And you think that's just the beginning? Wait till the IRS starts looking at every transaction in your account for $600. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're not taking over, are they? No, it's okay. It's just our government. I trust them. Listen, when your infrastructure bill has only 9% of it spent for infrastructure, you've got to be an idiot to vote for it. But those are the people we sent to Washington, the idiots who are voting on it. You know, Joe Biden's numbers are at 38% for a reason. You want to know the root cause of the border problem? I'll tell you, I'll solve all the problems. You can have all the commissions you want. I'll tell you right now. Take this with you, because we're almost at the end of the show. I'm going to solve that root cause of the border problem for you. America is the greatest place on the planet. It's not a racist country. It is the greatest place, bar none. And that's the root cause. It's not somewhere in some third world. It's because America is the best. Because we do what we do the best. And we better start acting like it. Stop apologizing for what we do and start doing what made this country great. Give us our economy back. Give us our oil lines. Give us our oil independence. I don't want to pay $6 a gallon of oil. Okay? I'll be pushing my car around. I want to go back to $1.99. Oil independence. Open this country up. Stop the crap. Let's get back to America. Let us do what we need to do. Stop with mask mandates. Stop with everything. Great people. Thank you for listening. Everyone, I want you to have a fabulous weekend, and hopefully we'll see you next week. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.